0: Right. So, C.S. Lewis's uh, ultimate contingency for our perception of God is that he was either mad, bad, or God. Now, in a similar vein, I put it to you that Chris Chibnall is either a hack, a quack, or on crack. And today, (laughs) we're going to work out which one it is. Is that quack? I what think somebody like somebody like sort of con- like qu- claims to like you know be a genius about something, but you know actually blokes smoke up his own ass. Oh, I see. Basically, so you, you, know, you know, that interview they that people always use of him when he was really young, like you know a young nerd, and he was like oh, criticizing it, Doctor abs- Who for the writing. he's an absolute dick. And well, now, I love it's no it's, no no. Really wait, mean, everyone's got the complete right to use it because he criticizes Doctor Who for know, everything but, that he does wrong yeah. when he's in charge. I gotta say what? That, Doctor Who's never in... been as bad as it is now. It's never been close. Okay, listen, listen. In a similar fashion, however, if we ever end not that it's gonna happen, if we ever ended up writing Doctor Who, we would have to put so much effort in making sure this podcast was never found. Yeah, it's true. Because... I mean it's... I'm sure when he said that he never thought he'd be in charge of running Doctor Who, and there's been a lot of stuff on the internet about the fact that (laughs) and and stuff that he said, which people think is highly suggestive, if not him saying, "Yes, I didn't really want to write write Doctor Who, but I didn't want the show to end yet, so I thought I'd do it anyway." Um, And I didn't want to do a Christmas special, so I made Moffat do one, and Uh, you know that uh, rather than ending it, you know, pretty well on a Doctor Falls two-parter. So you know, um, this this is the problem. So the problem, the, the reason we've both been really hesitant about wading in on this on this subject is because it's a similar reason why we didn't really want to talk that much about like the rise of Skywalker is because it's not physically possible to be on the fence about something with this because you like you just get gnashed at from both sides, and like the, the, the current Doctor Who is in a position where like most people seem to be like sort of either be ambivalent or hate it, and then there's like sort of a third. Who are sort of like really like it but in a way that really annoys everyone else. In the same way that people like Love Island though, it's like or just like, It's nothing like that. Love right. Island is like Fine, Azure. sorry, fine. Okay, more in <laughs> more in the way that people like a lot like Death in Paradise. How you know, Death in Paradise is is a fine and interesting I show love and Death in Paradise. And the first particularly two or three series of Death in Paradise Fantastic, especially the first two series. They're they quality. Ben Miller, but Ben Miller. But the, the, the point is, now at this point, even though and Paradise* is still fine, um, it's now kind of like a show for new writers to just try out writing for the BBC, isn't it? And possibly, to just, and to just kind of. I feel like it. No, I feel like it would be better if it was doing that. But the point is, they don't. They seem to be. It seems to be more. I don't know. You're talking about *Defence Paradise*. Paradise*. About... I thought you were talking about *Doctor Who*. No, oh, no, I mean, Def... no, I'm saying that's what in Paradise* is. I mean, um, oh, and Paradise* is a show kind of just denying the fact it should have ended a little while ago, and it just kind of carries on. And people who watch it think it's fine, but they don't—they're t- not going to tell their friends about it. Yeah, but in Paradise* survived like because it's mediocre. *Doctor Who* has survived because it's been amazing, yes. or at least occasionally amazing enough to, you know. Satisfy the fact that occasionally it's also been really shit. Yeah. Which is Doctor Who's main thing.
1: <laughs> what? Being it's really like shit. Or... Type...
0: <laughs> yeah. The fact that it's that half the time it's a bit shit. Even you know, even though there are episodes that we that Huvians love, there are still episodes that are shit. But it doesn't matter because you, it's always possible that next to the shit, there's going to be an amazing episode. Yeah. Well, you have. That's um, why we keep watching it. Uh, nothing against Unicorn and the Wasp. It's, it's a six. It's a really fun episode. But yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't expect after watching Unicorn and the Wasp, which I would say is basically... which um, medi- is silly romp. For, it's it's me- for Doctor Who, it's mediocre, isn't it? For Doctor Who. Um, you wouldn't necessarily think straight For Doctor Who, it's good. Uh, for TV, but this is what I mean. If you didn't watch Doctor Who and you watch Unicorn and the Wasp, you think, what the fuck is this? This is trash. Yeah, but then it's followed know. up by Silence in the Library. I mean, a better example of this sorry, is like, you have 42, and then you have human yeah. nature. Exactly. What? It's like garbage and then gold like next like literally next to each other yeah unbelievable yeah no it's that's and exactly that's imagine radical. imagine if you stopped watching series 3 because of 42 which a normal person if they'd never watched doctor who turned over and watched forty two. Yeah, they they, they would, would be, be in like their the right stable. mind to run away for the hills. They'd be like, "What's this?" And if they'd seen the week before, they're like, "Well, you know, Lazarus experiment." Has oh, gone. this is an award-winning t- TV show. I guess I'd better kill myself because the world <laughs> obviously isn't the place I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. By- oh, did you incidentally written by Chris Chibnall? Did you do that on purpose? Yeah, just- <laughs> <laughs> I promise. <laughs> if It isn't obvious. We don't. We're not a big fan of chip- chips the, the Chibnall Chibnall's oh, golden era in Doctor Who is series 7 um, yeah. with, with Dinosaurs <laughs> on the Space and Power 3 no, no, no but Power 3 is yeah, pretty good yeah two episodes that yeah they're not bad they're like um, yeah, no, they're, they're a high 6 shit. or a low 7 and then a mid 7 is how I would There are a 6 and a 7 yeah that, that's, that's fine this. they're fine. good and are very good in our books yeah and Both basically, still with um, problems, but still, Brian, I think lifted up by the uh, sort of residual Moffat writing. Yeah, true, uh, and also <laughs> his script editing to make it better, and also Smith. But anyway, um, Brian in those two episodes <laughs> and all the other is basically Graham. Have you thought about this? Yeah, well, this is yeah, this is the thing. So, Chibnall can actually write sort of daft, silly old men really well, and that comes across. But that's which is which is ironic by the fact that he then doesn't write a male Doctor Who. So I think I think Moffat could have written Whittaker way better, but that's not the point. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I do know what you mean. Moffat and could write like a he Was like, that's... right? Who can I write, and how many can I cram into the uh, into the uh, companions roster? Yeah, well, so and when does. when he was um, like big on criticizing Doctor Who? It was in the eighties where um, you actually had a really quite a, a decent little three-piece Tardis team with Peter Davison, at least for his first series. You had Adric. Um, Tegan and um, Nissa, but right. the way that they manage that and they and they make that work is each episode is basically devoted to each of the companions and is about the Doctor's relationship with each of those companions. So, and because each episode is the length of a movie, you you always come away feeling satisfied about what they did with those characters. Do you know what I mean? I and mean, then every now and then, yes, they'll use well, all three. No. Well, every now and then they'll use all three companions, and then they'll focus on the Doctor. Oh, you know, the first Doctor uh, has three companions when he starts. And I tell you what, Eccleston sometimes has three companions. Tennant sometimes has three companions. Sometimes, sometimes. And the point my is, my biggest, my biggest problem with Chip is the companions. Easily. Well, uh, he doesn't it's the number. It's the number one thing I point to as being the biggest. Because he, he made, which he didn't correct ever. Because he didn't it's have the Doctor. room to focus on Whittaker. Whittaker is literally well, just, sidelined in Series Eleven. She does well, barely anything. Again, that sort of keeping the Doctor to the side, I don't think that's even a massive problem because everyone sort of knows who the Doctor is. And if you get a general idea, that's fine. The point is, more, that um, that unlike any other companion before or since, sorry, not since, before I should say, um, the, 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 the Doctor has no personal relationship with any of the current companions. There is nothing about the way they interact with one another. There is a, there is a, there is a hint of it with Graham. Of, uh, because they're both really old people and they sort of occasionally that comes up, like, it comes up in Can You Hear Me a Little Bit? But, but not very much, like, that's it. There's no, there's nothing about, or in between each other, like, uh, Graham and Gr- Graham and Ryan have a bit of a relationship thing they do in series 11, yeah, which is actually that, kind of that series off. is kind of so poor that that is the best part of that series, well, yeah, exactly. But then Yaz, I mean, Yaz is supposed to, <laughs> well. We'll end up talking about Yaz a lot, let's face it. Um but Yaz is meant to have like gone to school with with Ryan and yet they never fucking we never talk about yeah, it. Yeah, because they if you go to school, we like said this the other day if you went even if you weren't friends with someone at school like, I've had people I've seen since school who I got on with, but I wasn't friends with in like a, you know, like I talk to them every day kind of way. And whenever we see each other, we'll still always make jokes about teachers we used to have. And it, you relate everything back to like core things about school, like certain weird things that happened in assembly it's or anything. Yes. Yeah, comp- yeah. All those little things that because you grew up together and there's just none of that yeah. with those two. They barely talk to each other apart from Ryan saying, I think your sister's fit. Yeah exactly which Ugh. is the plot which is a thread that never gets addressed ever again. Oh yeah. Um yeah but that's the, it's it's all the little things. So like Chip Chip all most of Chibnall's writing is really efficient. Like he sort of gets the plot bit done and out of the way and like if, even if there's like a slight opportunity to do a character moment he doesn't do it so he can move on to the next thing which is something that it's just and all the little times he does that is what add up to a complete absence of sort of Empathy with the characters Because so these are like Four people who are meant To have gone through You know Near death experiences together And the best they can do Is stand next to each other With their hands in their pockets Most of the time Yeah Because they're a big fan It's so strange I know I wish they hadn't called them a fan Because it's like it, it, I always find this funny Whenever in um, In The Fast and Furious <laughs> Every time they go Oh yeah we're family I always have to go You're just saying that Because if you didn't say that No one would think You all liked each other Everyone would just think you're all a bunch of weird, adrenaline-pumped weirdos I mean, cars. as much I mean, that's what makes them a family. And as much as I like... Um, <laughs> it, I, I enjoy the Fast and Furious films because they're so ridiculous. It's that um, attitude to character development, though. That's fine. Though that's in, less good. That's fine in, a, in an action movie that is meant to be about the stunts and is kind of a bit stupid anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's not fine in Doc Two, which is a drama. Yeah. Um, well, it's... it's- especially uh, Chibnall's take on it is meant to be the more down to earth. Yeah, it's meant to feel more broad uh, human church, side isn't to it? it? Well, sort of, but again there's there's another huge contradiction is that he doesn't play to his strengths. Is he takes on the show and immediately decides to go for a really bright tone even though he's just like the reason he was hired for the show was because he did a show where he did like dark, grounded um character studies about really horrible stuff going on with mystery involved. That is like perfect template for a new era of Doctor Who coming off the back of Moffat who was, wait sci-fi madness woo, look at this, isn't every character really kooky? Like That would be the perfect thing to do. Yeah, it's the perfect anti serum, sort of, isn't it? He sort of ends up doing like a weird kind of amalgamation of all the stuff that's come before it yeah, and sort of weird he's... Cronenberg kind of mess with well, he said with in limbs like, um, out the side He said before that his aim was to make Doctor Who more like the David Tennant days what? I mean, that's crazy. Like Why are you saying? Oh yeah, I think you're I think trying it... to compete with a reality that people have already deified in their own minds. <laughs> especially. Yeah, exactly. It's an impossible task. Um, and literally you're... impossible. It's not like it's difficult. And it's only ten years ago. And it's a bit. I mean, in a way, it's disrespectful to Moffat and saying I want to undo everything he did. Um, it's like the Amazing Spider-Man films, like trying to reboot something that only happened. Like, yeah, and it's like I tell you what, <laughs> it's exactly the same. So you know how yeah. Uncle Ben dies, in a really um. Uh, Dramatic and sad way in the first Spider-Man film. No, but but that character moment is he like um, drops some milk. Um, (laughs) Like it's it's it's, (laughs) I mean, Amazing Spider-Man one. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I I absolutely despise that movie. I, I cannot watch it. I, I think to. they're both trash. I think they're both trash. I think see I, I even yeah. the second one is trash. No, the tr- no the it's second much, trash trash. Please, one is m- please, please watch it, is, it again. We can do a review, it, it'll be hilarious. It is bad. trash, but it is, from my memory, much more in the fitting of what the Spider-Man comics are like. It does a much it better look, job of being like Spider-Man. Like a Spider-Man film. That film. is it. It looks like a Spider-Man film. So, Amazing Spider-Man's a, a bad movie. It's like a three or a four. They're they're pretty dreadful. No Spider Man 2's yeah. like um, uh Spider Man 2's like a four. a low six. It's a four. Yeah. It's fun. We're getting ahead. The point is, <laughs> um, yeah, Chibnall's got a big. Pro- and again, so uh, if um, David Tennant—he uh, doesn't do any more. He did like a one-off like podcast series where he uh, interviewed people, and he did. Yeah, one of them was with Jodie Whisker. And the most unbelievable thing was Jodie. Uh, it transpires that basically Chibnall got Jodie in, hired her. And basically told her to not act like, you know, what she the, the the sort of person she portrays in all of her previous work, you know, the thing that the actors are hired for. Yeah, because and instead, you he said, to Oh, start act like don't yourself. You. Don't act, just be yourself and don't act. He basically told an actor not to act. Imagine telling that led to, it anyone forever. not to. I mean, no one in the world is as interesting as the character of the doctor, so that you're instantly failing there. Right, so the level of the level of um like let's say the happiness ratio for the sort of work that Whitaker had worked on before was like on the same level as what Eccleston had been doing. Yeah, yeah, very similar to gritty Eccleston. northern actors. Um she was yeah. really inspired by the film Kez. That's what got her into acting and that film's like not a nice film. Yeah, at all. exactly. Really gritty and nasty Ken Loach. and she's always yeah. and she's always playing characters beforehand who are in the shit and as uh, like like always being trodden on by society. It just sounds like everything you want Doctor Who to be, back, doesn't it? All these ingredients. You want the... yeah you, perfect again, I hate it back to Eccleston, but again he played a doctor who was crushed by in this case, in that case an event. But there could be so much they could do with with Whittaker as an actor to use that 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 thing she has that she can do. I think it's astonishing that she can even make a character of the doctor at all by doing I, I mean I'm I mean for the record we'll talk about this later again but I'm still super impressed with Jodie Whitaker's like just performance with what she's given for the tone she's going for. Like I wouldn't have expected her to be able to do it, but there's there's only a certain amount of mileage you can take with something like that. Yeah. It just it just seems like a wasted opportunity. It's, it's very all, like, al- it's, awkward. It's all Chibnall's fault. I mean, um me and my um my girlfriend were talking were making a joke of this the other day, like um and it's not Jodie Whittaker's fault, it isn't. And I think she's really shown that in the last five episodes of Series 12, that it's not her fault. Because mm. she's actually, yeah. uh, as a fugitive of the Jadoon, uh, she, like mm. all of a sudden there's like a massive gear change, and she's great in every episode, even the bad ones. Because that's the first time she is given uh, a bit of writing that is somewhat serious that she can work with. Oh, she's so great. She, just, she, she absolutely shines as soon as she has the opportunity to be pissed off and trodden on. This is the, that's what happens in Fugitive of the Dadoon. Yeah. Is that she gets trodden on and ignored. Instantly, she can slip into, that's her thing. That's yeah, what well, she does. me and my... Um, and she nails it. Me and my girlfriend were saying, like, it, imagine um, a party where all the actors who played the Doctor got together. Um, and obviously, most of them, well, all of them, even the not as good ones, have still yeah. had some absolute top-tier Doctor Who. Like, none of them have had... Um, not an absolute classic, you know? Um, So they've all got something to be proud of and they could all talk about it, but, like, we were just imagining this party where where she's kind (laughs) of left out and no one wants to talk to her because... Basic... Oh, talent, will because she's friends. No, yeah, of course. Is the same I, thing I, with know, I know Chris it's the best friends of her. Well, I know this is um, it's a silly uh, example. Uh, I'm why we're saying, I and mean, you know, like a word to describe, like a metaphor. No, it's more that if uh, all I'm basically saying and like... Who got together, Chibnall would be the one sat in the corner because no one wants to talk to it. Exactly, and um, I think we yeah, are. Whittaker, they talk to her. Don't get me wrong, but there's always, always been like, that awkwardness, isn't there? That if the show doesn't get better at this point, there will be an easy um, finger to point. To say you're the least good doctor, I'm sorry. Yeah, and it's also unfortunate. This is the point why we were worried about wading in on the issue is because not luckily a minority, but you know, very loud minority are still screaming about the fact that there's a female doctor and this is somehow an inherent problem. And it's a that, they, that um, is it, there's a there's a fairly serious risk that if things that if, if somehow the writing gets worse and the show gets worse. That it, the show will die
1: yeah whatever whatever happens just, yeah. the
0: next Doctor has to be a woman now because they need to prove that um, yeah. to, but it, to be fair they don't need if to prove if it weren't for anyone. the shit he did in as Children I would have said get I've forgotten the actress who plays Ruth Yeah, um, that Ruth Doctor I'd have fucking loved to have her as the Doctor yeah she's quality uh, she's she was defensive. absolutely she looked the part she acted the part she was she was brilliant strangely she, she was, more she was like, strangely what, Colin been, Baker you know well, and, yeah, to be fair, in the way she acted, but that's this is the thing. She was she was more like either Colin Baker or like uh, or like Hartnell because she was sort of really sort of brutal with people. Yeah. She would actually actually picked up a gun and sort of barely justified it as like a uh, you know this is sort of morally acceptable, but she didn't like. It, 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 she felt more like a, a pre like new Who. She felt like an old Who sort of Doctor. Yeah, I suppose yeah. made it feel more at home compared to Whisker. Whisker Wh- 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 is like a. And when, I, when we say Whisker, we mean thirteenth. We should just say the thirteenth Doctor is more of a sort of weird, sort of postmodernist rehash of what the Doctor's sort of archetype is. We all yeah, we, we, we we now mostly compare most of series eleven and twelve to being like a bootleg copy of Doctor Who. Yeah, it's like, like it's, if you, it's you bootleg described tenon. if you described what Doctor Who is to someone over a really sort of crackly telephone call, or but, like you sort of explained Doctor Who's plot over semaphore. Well, really, and it's and like if the episode forty-two was. Um, all of Doctor Who. What if you extrapolated that? Yeah, exactly. Sort of meaningless. Sort of. Yeah, that's the thing. Doctor Who's like full of really cool filler. that's sort of bookmarked by like really amazing stuff, and it's like most of Chibnall's era has just sort of, just been the stuff. It's like it's like sort of yeah. It's like dough. It's like eating. It's like biting into dough. Yeah. Well, all of series eleven. Series. All of series eleven is um, filler, apart from it's, the it's first dough. episode. Yeah, at least, series 12, at least Series 12 has, like, two yeah. points where you're like, fuck, this is a show! Well, Series 12 has actually got three episodes that you have to point to and say this isn't filler. Four episodes. Five episodes. Six. Oh, almost. Oh, sorry, Almost. Uh. He's broken. He's <laughs> broken. Twenty five, almost <laughs> all of um, them. That, that's number one. are you Talking, there's two. Um, no, so the first story, Spyfall, with what it does with the master, um, is shite. It, it's oh, ba- wait, okay. oh no, no, no. What? I'm not sorry. I wasn't saying it was good. Oh, I was, right, okay. I was just saying, um, in comparison to Series Eleven, which only has one episode that serves a purpose. Um, really? It, yes. Maybe true. it takes you away. Does for Graham and Ryan? Okay. Um, so two uh, episodes there, but. I mean, the only, there's only four filler episodes in series um, 12, and that's Orphan 55, Nikola Tesla, uh, yeah. and Can You Hear Me and Praxis. Mm. And, and actually, actually half the series is um, important to the overall story of that series, which is kind of cool. True, and we can see that as, a, as, a, as sort of a, a nod in the right direction. Oh, I see it as it's a huge positive. It, it's, what, it's the main thing that makes it harder to tell which series is better. Because of that, it's true. It's very true because it does, on the whole, go more daring. Especially, it goes. It, it's the sort of Doctor Who daring, not like regular TV. Like Rosa, for example, is like regular TV daring, and it's really great for it. Oh yeah, I mean, but like that, that story. At isn't no point even in the series the does series. it like explore the as a character. Technically, Rosa is technically Rosa is a good filler episode. Yeah, exactly. But the, the point is, like as as normal TV goes, that's like you know doing a really good episode of TV. Yeah. Whereas in series twelve. Um, You've got you've got two episodes. Well, okay, actually, to be honest, basically only one episode that's like does a really good job of actually exploring the Doctor's, you know, as a, as a character. Which one's that? Tapping Sorry. it, well, fugitive of the jadoon Ah, okay. tapping into her previous lives, also bringing back like Captain Jack and reflecting on you know previous adventures and stuff. There's very little about Chibnall's era that even acknowledges the existence of like the Moffat or the T'Darrius Hero in many ways which books, is a, a good reference. time to mention the um... oh yeah like like the Fez is a reference isn't it in Kablam but this is a good fe- time and also the fact well Cablan has two it's the Fez and also she randomly mentions um, Unicorn and the Wasp Plus Was she the, to the companions yeah, yeah yeah as they're getting into a cupboard she said, "Oh, I-? she like mentions Agatha Christie she said, oh did you ever tell-, tell you about the time I met Agatha Christie and fought a massive wasp and that's like how the scene ends I, know, and it's really. a fun, I mean, it's a kind of pointless reference, but there's I, I, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, um, it's kind of random. I mean, um, so basically what I think I was going to say is um, in terms of there's lots of villains who you were, you've you been saying this to me are very similar to New Who villains, but they don't mention it. So obviously the most I obvious is doing in, in Nikola Tesla and his Night of Terror. The it's villain the Ragnos! That, oh, even the performance is the, the Ragnos. It's the with human thing. legs. The weird thing is that even the performance is the Ragnos it's very strange I, I, I we should have looked into this because it, it yeah if it isn't the same person then they act the the yeah the mannerisms the little ticks and the yeah the the, the prosthetic is identical just it's black it's so weird and that that could have been used well again and it's kind of misused a little bit but yeah what do they what do they call them it's something with s it's like the the Sneverfum. that's another thing chipnall has got. Uh, queen, i mean i don't know. it's queen skifra it's the skifra skif so, I mean, that's not too bad. Oh, wow. Well, so she's played by the girl who plays Rani in Sarah Jane Adventures. So that's pretty random. Get, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Because obviously yeah, she's yeah, like a main character nice. in that. That's nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that, yeah, I mean, obviously that wasn't ch- written by Chibnall, but... um. No, I don't think he Chibnall's wrote single episode for it. Chibnall has a... No, no, no. I mean, um, I, he didn't write the, um, the Nikola Tesla one. No, it was written by but, um, Nina Metivier. But, uh, but, but, Jesus, does Chipnall have a problem with naming shit? Yeah. Like, what's. I think we, we had this discussion the other day. About like, the Pating so, being the worst one. Well, so he. So things that I think are really cool. I still think the Stenza is a really cool name. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, not a bad Pating, name. Sure. I, I don't adore no, it. No, I think it's, it's really part. cool. Okay, first. As a, Just as a name, I think it sounds. It sounds. the The way you, the way you say it sounds like. You're one of them. It sort of has that sort of cutting sort of edge to it. Cutting edge. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up, Joe. Um, so, then, yeah, like the Pating, that's awful. What else has he written? I've forgotten. What's the, what are the things called in Spyfall? You uh, don't know, do you? Have a no look. one knows. Give me a second. Because they ever what, you, mean, you, you mean the Cybermen? Uh, yeah. The <laughs> yeah that's it oh no 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 did, did you not realise they're not actually they're not actually Cybermen it's funny when yeah, you no. type in Spyfall on Google Um, like all these different uh, online games come up first like Doctor <laughs> Who's Doctor Who isn't even on the first page of results yeah that's hilarious <laughs> yeah it's so weird how um why did they do that? I feel like Yeah, just naming that episode because I—I mean, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has already noticed. I don't like Chiknalira very much, and um, don't. I literally—I to the extent that I really, really want—I—I um, I, I get kind of sadistic about it. Like I just really want it to end. <laughs> so, so, so the worse the show does, the better I'm, the happier I, I am. Get masochistic? No, no, I it's keep like watching it. No, so not how bad the episodes are, but like I keep it, watching uh, the Timeless Children do you to punish myself no of course i don't it's awful i'm never gonna to touch go to watch that again i mean um <laughs> you'd take a shower after it yeah um <laughs> the thing is that after i watched that i was kind of in denial wasn't i I, t- I phoned you up and i said oh you know it wasn't that bad and then well, a, few, the a few it's days so, later so i was like to, wow to i can't stop thinking about it i honestly I hate my life it's a, it's a brainworm." yeah yeah you honestly, I've never. It's, it's the most apparent uh, sort of case of the, the five stages of grief I've ever seen. Yeah, because <laughs> you properly the first time you're like, no, no, the, the show's not the show's not dead. And then the next day you're like, oh my god, it's so awful. Yeah. And then you just start going, oh look, if if we just like you know if if he just got some other um, some other writers and it, it might get better. Then the fourth day you're you're upset and you you eat ice cream all day and you're crying. While no, you're watching, I I genuinely uh, Blink. was really uh, <laughs> really upset. About and day we're now I mean him now so sort of basically like, oh, when um when series ten of Doctor Who came out, I was very much like this isn't up to scratch at all and basically i I'm thankful for the Chibnall era for making me rewatch some Doctor Who that I didn't think was that good because honestly I have such um i I was definitely being a spoiled brat about it because rewatching <laughs> some episodes that I used to give a four they are definite sixes. Like and or like um pilot the episode pilot I used to think was a bad episode. It's such a well written piece of anything. Do you felt I actually don't think that's got I, I I agree I don't think that's got an awful lot to do with the Chibnall era. I think that's just because it it can be and I'm hoping this is going to be ca- the case with Chibnall's era. But uh, with a lot of uh, Capaldi's era, it does it. It sometimes took quite a while to sort of get on board with some of it. Yeah, S- especially series ten. Well, I I i agree. said this to see before I found that with um, Smith's era. I know you didn't, but with Smith's era, um. The, oh, see, I know that I, I had no problem. The only that. As soon as Matt Smith was there. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is perfect." The only Smith era <laughs> I enjoyed when it was on telly was series six and the first half of series seven, and then otherwise, I, uh, all of it was lost on me. Until I rewatched yeah, it and no, I rewatched think that's it. Weird. No, that's that's. That, I mean that. Yeah, I mean whatever. I mean you know it's fair enough, but that really does surprise me. Like I really had to work on this. it. I mean, I'm I'm starting to look back fondly on a couple of episodes from Series Eleven that I was a little bit more harsh on before, but but there are but then there are others that I didn't like. Arachnids in the UK at the time, I just didn't really. care. Yeah, we and watched it together so and we it, enjoyed it, didn't we? Now, when you actually yeah. think about it, I think a lot of now stuff um, is a case of you enjoy it as far as you don't think about it, and it's then when you actually watchable. think about it, it's um, it's pretty dreadful, you know. Um, Doctor yeah. is a show that. Is pulp sci-fi, and it deserves to be thought about. It's it's important, um, and he writes yeah, it as if it is. It's kind important. of lost its its place in the genre. It kind of it's no longer doing something that no, that nothing else is doing. Now. Yeah, well played. There's so many there's so many sci-fi things that are kind of funny and kooky and childish going around at the moment. Um, between like uh, what's it called, Avenue Five, um, There's obviously been some Star Trek things coming around as well. Um, yeah, because apparently Picard was really good, apart from the last few. Episodes. Yeah, Steven Universe—that's another one that's like this, that's like a cartoon thing which I've seen. Well, I mean, we we live in the um, era of Rick and Morty, uh, which is much more, exactly, which is much more at home with a Capaldi era thing, where everything is completely bizarre and kooky and ridiculous. Well, yeah, uh, but again, this is this is the clever. thing. I, the reason the reason most of Moffat's era was still, even when it was, even when it was at its slower points, it worked because it had its uniqueness because it because Moffat was. Doing what he did best, it was his it was his sherlockness that was always there, and it was a thing that people liked it for whether you know whether you liked it or not, there was something to latch onto. There's nothing about Chibnall as a writer i mean i mean broadch i from what I've seen in Broadch, I quite like it I don't think it's completely my thing, but there are there are so many things about him as a writer that I feel like he could have adapted into Doctor Who, but he well. just dropped them because he wanted because it it appears to the casual observer, that he just wanted to cash grab on the era of Doctor Who that everyone looks back the ponders upon, which is Tennant's era. Yeah, well, it's the most populous, isn't it? And he wanted to make it more populous again. Um, yeah, because it's the easy thing to do. He's a hack. Well, yeah, it should be the easiest thing to do, but he hasn't found Apparently it like that. not. So interestingly, um, and I'm not going to, not spoiling, uh, but basically... Um, spoiling what? in Tortured series 2 i'm not going to spoil anything for you cuz i know you haven't oh, seen it yet okay. there's I'm an everybody epi- watching Torchwood series what, 1 there's an episode by so obviously unfortunately as <laughs> as, as as you know russell um the uh, series 1 sees uh, quite mixed Chibnall writing but series 2 of torture <laughs> I, I i personally think there's only one up. written by Chibnall. No, there's four There's it? four what? So he writes. Oh, the third one's him. Isn't day it? one, yeah, yeah. day one, Cyberwoman. <laughs> um, oh, don't mention that. And then please. yeah, well, Cyberwoman's all, uh, absolutely awful. Um, and then uh, Countryside that was, which until I recently, think, is the worst quite, thing he'd ever written. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I really like Countryside, but you didn't like it that much. Um, I and then I he writes the last episode of the series, and he, uh, yeah. But basically, anyway, from what I remember, because uh, I watched Torchwood again last year. Um, Chibnall's writing is a lot better in Series 2 of Torchwood, and there's an episode in it which is about missing people. Uh, I won't say anything else, but that episode is is. is exactly what he could have done with... uh, It's it's him bringing his broad church to to Doctor Who's universe, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. It's a quality bit of Doctor Who writing. It's very possible, therefore, actually, that um, the reason his attitude to Doctor Who now... Is the sort of weird mess that it is it's probably because of the the evident backlash that happened to Torchwood from a lot of Doctor Who fans about its weird tone that it gets across. I know, I know the series you're talking about was actually mostly liked by people. Yeah, it's only right? it's only it's really still... series one of Torchwood yeah, yeah, yeah. that people but, struggle but with. But nevertheless, the the the, uh, <laughs> the perception of Torchwood from most fans, which is still the opinion of what because I haven't got there yet, is that Torchwood is a mess of a, of a tone. Of a, it's a show that doesn't have it, like, so far from what I watch, it doesn't have an identity yet. And I feel like Chibnall is sort of probably nervously taking the safe approach, therefore, with Doctor Who, which is why it feels very much like just archetypal Doctor Who crammed into every moment. Yeah, there's a great YouTube video that um, shows Jodie Whitaker's dialogue and um, alongside... All the dialogue. Uh, loads of different bits of her dialogue from every episode, alongside um, Matt Smith and Tennant, showing how she's written to be just the same, but archetypally. It's very interesting. See that right? So that that's usually not so much a problem because obviously the way there's loads of little phrases and stuff that turn up between you know the Doctor. That's fine because they're the same person. Yeah, of You've had some cowboys in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the whole thing—they always there's always the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the, the diametric oppositions of half the time the doctor's like, "Oh, cool! It's something I don't know. That's so great." And then there's also the doctor going, "Oh, I hate it when I don't know things. That always is hilarious." Yeah, yeah, how much the doctor changes his, his or her mind about it. It's, a, it's brilliant. But um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think Chibnall's quite found his identity yet in the show. Which I mean, you, be, you probably should have been there. working. No, if you've been working on the show since two thousand and seven. You should know oh, what okay, you're doing by now. He'd be, he be—he didn't know he'd be showrunner. He didn't want to be showrunner. Well, why is he showrunner? Well now? documented. Yeah, I know. Well, because, this is ridiculous. The thing—you've got people like Peter Jackson, who made Lord of the Rings, offering to like lend a hand. So it, this is partly the, this is actually not this element isn't completely Signal's fault. This is partly uh, the BBC. I'm not entirely sure who's running it, but they were basically insisting that he take it, and if they didn't, it would be unlikely they'd be running the show because they didn't want to take a risk with anyone else. And so, really, if you think of it from Chibnall's point of view, you've either got to take it or possibly let the show die. I mean, say what you like. I mean, I, I struggle to believe it on a on a difficult day, but I still think Chibnall probably likes the show. Oh, of course he does. Again, occasionally it's hard to hard to but remember that. He, but uh, I mean, he likes it in a... He's still definitely... He's definitely seen it at some point. Yeah, exactly. know, he likes probably. it in a way that, like, um, I don't know, probably like more like how my mum likes it than how Stephen Moffat likes it. That's how it comes across. Yes. It's like, like you say, it's someone who's watched the show but it's not their favourite thing in the world. He likes Doctor Who in the same way that a normal human being likes a bourbon biscuit. They're like, they're fine. Oh, you'll have one. Oh no, yeah. I'd have loads of bourbon biscuits. What I'm saying, yeah, you're not you... the best person to use this metaphor. Roman. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, 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 they're not quite as good as custard cream, but they are good. Oh well, the Doctor would agree actually. Well, that's something that never came up after the Ghost Monument is the fact that the that the Thirteenth Doctor's Tardis has a, a biscuit dispenser. Good point. <laughs> I love that, and they never fucking use it. I would have yeah. really wished they had done something with that. Do anyway, you like custard cream? Matter. I don't know. That's th- so right. Should we talk about the Tardis? No, yes. I've I so I've so many ups and downs about the TARDIS that it's not even funny. So, like the act, so so for for a start to the design of the TARDIS, I mostly like I like the style of it. It's very reminiscent not of ma- the kind of Eccleston, um, yeah, TARDIS with it kind of. Being but it's doing it with like a more sort of clean, thing. crystalline. I like that. It's with rocks, of it. isn't it? Instead, well, the, it's the crystal thing, which I like. And there's sort of like, almost like, uh, sort of cogs going around the edges that works. I'm not a massive fan of the centre console, to be honest. It's a little bit kind of lacking in character. It's got, um, it's too static. Uh, Whereas other Doctors, um, it tends to have, show more movement and stuff, doesn't it? When you look at the TARDIS, you need to think, I want to fiddle with every single button on this thing. Yeah, exactly. I want to see what it does. And there's, you never, you never really see kind of what's going on on it. No, maybe because of the lighting, you know. Most It's of, right, so the lights like biggest. consoles have got like at least the green light underneath it or um Capaldi's well, has well, got a kind of orange just... orange light coming up from orange and blue. Yeah. yeah. But well, the thing is again, there's like a couple of moments where the lighting of the TARDIS in the new one works for like most like for the very occasional emotional Well, but it, it's scene. great at the end of um Spyful. where the Master yes. sends all that message. So that's a really good scene. Well, that's... So that's another thing. So, so the lighting's pretty poor. And the other thing that's pretty poor is, is the uh, the physical space of the TARDIS. They don't use it very much. That there's... They've got... like Because so in the end of Spyfall, she like runs over to those platforms. And like we've never seen those before. Because you can't see the sodding things. Like otherwise, it doesn't... It, the whole point... Like, sort of the majesty of the TARDIS is that, you know, it's like a... It looks expansive. Like, it looks, in a way, almost bigger than it is. Because it's like it's sprawling out the edges. Whereas... Whiskers Tardis looks like like almost like it would fit inside the small police box because there's very <laughs> little space. They actually, they all and the well, companions, Fuck. the companions, they all just stand in a row. Yeah, next to true. the console. The directing they, thing is crazy. I can't. Oh, see it's it appalling. It, so. There's only one instance I can think of where Graham leans on the Tardis. Yeah, which is and um, it's like the first time I was like,
1: yeah, so exactly. It's and a nice that's
0: storm. and it's but a, it's a brilliant scene and it never happens. Like at no point. And that's, oh, here's another interesting thing. Actually, I, I want I might go back and check this. Does the, do the does the TARDIS like move a lot for the people inside it? Oh, what does it like, like rock they... about? Yeah, I don't remember. Because here's the thing. Because like for for Eccleston Tennant, I, I know this is mostly a New Who thing, but for 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 Eccleston Tennant and Smith, whenever the TARDIS was going going along, it was like a roller coaster. Like, yeah, I mean, was, like, I've running, been watching running over this um... grabbing on stuff. No one you knows Peter w- Davison recently and it does happen in that. Yeah. Then Capaldi it doesn't have as much because Capaldi's characteristic is that he's like the straight man and he does things proper. So it's part of his thing. Whereas Whittaker is more like Matt Smith. She's like she's manic, she's all she's got the jittery energy, which is excellent. But then they get run inside the TARDIS and they just sort of flip a switch and they just sort of stand there. Like the fact if you can stand in the TARDIS with your hands in your pockets for the entire journey, then it's boring as hell. Yeah, because nothing, nothing happens. It's just a box. They, that's another thing. To be fair, this is really obvious because it comes off the back of Stephen Moffat, is that they don't use like, um, Chibnall doesn't ever really use the Tardis as a part of the plot. It's just sort of a background thing. Like it's there to get them to their like. Apart from resolution, weirdly, um, where they use it to, like chase the dark and stuff. It's only really ever there just to get them to a place for the plot to happen. Whereas Moffat, like he set like most of his episodes were like in the Tardis. He um, uses the, using the character which is as a character, as a built, built is something built up upon that... from um, the T Davies influences. Yeah, it? exactly, and and that works so well. And again, I feel like that could have been used in a really cool way. But again, every, everything about Whiskers Tardis <sighs> is static, and it's such such a diametric opposite to. Her as a character, that it feels so off. Yeah, and it's so um, it's so like dark inside. And if it isn't... weren't for the fact that it'd already been used, I'd have loved. She would have, she would have fitted in with with Smith's first TARDIS so damn well. Hundred percent. I mean, because the the thing is, she's basically got a cyberpunk TARDIS. Yeah, but she's not cyberpunky at all. Doesn't make no. any sense. Well, uh, the yeah. costume, the costumes are funny. Is a weird one. Do
1: you want to go on to costume?
0: Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we can do. That, this isn't really Chibnall's fault. This is kind of. <laughs> And I'm, I am I'm, I I change day by day on the costume. It's a little bit... Oh, the, um, the T-shirt's become iconic, though. You you see that T-shirt everywhere. Um, it's the coat. It. It's the coat, the, the Well, the, the, the coat is guy. him just being like, oh, let's just make like a, a David Tennant coat. I, mean, okay, I don't go. know if it's, just, again, I don't know if it's Chibnall's fault. I don't know who was in charge of I mean, I'm sure he signed off on it. Yeah, he signed but off on it. I, I feel know. like, He's I think, actually, Whittaker, so. probably, Whittaker would have been very involved in the choosing of the costume because that always happens with Doctor Who. Yeah, it tends to happen with a lot of actors for films yeah. and stuff, you know, it's not so, unusual. I think I think yeah, I think I don't think the coat works. I don't think it it never causes a massive problem. Um No, it's just the But bit. it it doesn't it doesn't fully suit her character. It that suits much. her a lot better when it it's off. She seems too sort of clean and kind of crisp and civilized, which is not what her character's about.
1: Yeah. Well she looks like, more of a
0: mess when it's off, so it looks better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's probably why you quite like. Um, you she, like, looks uh, like she looks more like Trouton. She looks more like Trouton where she's more sort of manic and sort of leaping around the place, being a little bit wibbly and weird. Yeah, which is basically just the Matt Smith thing. Um well, about, but again, that there's nothing wrong with leaning into that. There's nothing wrong with that sort of. I, I, I think the reason people criticize stuff like this is it's just a gen a general problem in Chibnall's era is the lack of creativity in most areas. So people yeah. are so people are willing to criticize stuff like that, which they wouldn't criticize before. Because it just comes across mm. as just another instance in which they didn't do anything interesting. No, and there's never any. There's never anything to hook new people on the show. Like there's no uh, there's no episode I can think of that has like something like an undercurrent to it that makes you think, oh, I want to watch this to yeah, keep watching. My... N- especially series eleven. And I to be fair, he sort of learned from it for series twelve, but he never. The episodes were never like connected. They never had anything to do with them. That. That, like, because the classic New Who thing is that every series has something going through it, which is like sort of being alluded to as what's going to happen. Yeah, the, the, the whole the whole puzzle box thing, basically. Yeah, which I mean, it, he gets it fine. wrong in series twelve massively by basically telling us what it is at the beginning and then just. Oh, did you see? Did you see all the advert? The the worst thing they did this, for this is, again for misunderstanding what Doctor Who is, you know. Uh, so they did they did loads of trailers for uh, the timeless the timeless children. Um, I've just realised The Timeless Children is a stupid name because there's only one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Sorry. I guess the the children are all the different (laughs) regenerations of her. I guess, but like... I know. Oh, whatever. Anyway. um, Don't even fucking go there. We'll get there later. That's going to be fun. Um, What was I saying? Yeah, so basically they they did loads of... uh, Every week they did a trailer going, oh, only one more week to go before the final episode. And it was basically a trailer going, oh, only one more only one more week of watching an episode that no one really gives a shit about before you watch the thing that we all care about. And it's like, the, the whole point of Doctor Who is that you're there for the random shit that comes up, because every week yeah, there's a new yeah, idea. Yeah, like the Crimson Horror. And that's what gets so many people liking it. And it's so evident in the marketing, even. Like, it's bled through to the, like, just the BBC's marketing for the thing, that they just go... I mean, it's going to have a finale, I guess, so you better tune in for that. Yeah. Like They're just saying, oh, it's like the Game of Thrones thing. They're saying, oh, yeah, look, just just get through this series and you'll get to this really cool thing at the end that's going to happen. Yeah. But it's like, and, and if you predicate your, your love of the show on what's going to happen at the end, not the journey, you'll end up with what happened with the last series of Game of Thrones, probably, <laughs> where everyone gets disappointed. I mean, yeah, especially when Doctor 2 is all about Someone it's all about the journey. It's literally about the journey. I mean, um, yeah, that's the Doctor's thing. The Doctor's a time traveller. Yeah, not a time arriver. No, that doesn't work. No, 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 right no, it. no it's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a just. There's so many fatal misunderstandings of of the character in it, and it's and I, and I do think I still go back. I think it's held back by by the fact that she, that she's lumbered with three. Useless companions whose characteristics are barely ever used because the, the the companions in new again I'm you're you're the classical expert obviously I'm only I've only really experienced new who properly so Doctor Who that's all Doctor Who is to me but the companions are always our viewpoint into into the world that they they dictate what the story is about because it's 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 a location a time, and how the companion is reacting to it, and how it's relevant thematically. And partly because Chibnall's a shite writer, partly because there's no thought put into their characters, partly because everyone forgets what their, part of their characteristics are, but they never... The, <laughs> the companions are never, are almost never relevant to the story, except for the occasional one, well, ar- yeah. ar- ironically enough, like Rosa, is the characters are super important, all, th- all three of them are important to the plot, which is why it works, for, and it takes you away. So basically the two best two best episodes from that series have are the only ones where the companions are actually actually and womanly feltsworth i th- i mean I know you slightly disagree on that, but for me at least the three best episodes in that series are are all are the only ones where the companions are actually relevant and are used to tell the story because the doctor on her own is not going to be that important and or that that interesting to watch unless it's an interesting angle so usually the companions are why the story's there. Would you agree? It's especially the case with it's all especially, of the, point. especially the case with Nihu, Um in, And the Doctor's relationship with yeah, those companions. In, in Classic Who, if it's not necessarily always that you see it through the companion's eyes, although it's definitely true most of the time, then it's always, if it's not about that, then it's about their relationship. Uh, I mean, but all, all of screenwriting, uh, if you've got characters in it, and it um, it's dependent on there being some relationship there, you know. Yeah, uh, but like, but so, 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 the thing that is always hilarious is that no one remembers that Yaz is a police. Is a police oh, it's a police hilarious! Police hilarious. It's unbelievably it's funny. Episode. I mean, yeah. <laughs> a police, a police every single opportunity they have to use it, they they have like name dropped it like twice. That is it. It's awful, and it's absolutely... It's hilarious. Like if, if you watched it, like you, you have to keep reminding yourself. Well, she's a police. She was a policeman, wasn't she? Because she turns up in Spyfall at the at the station. And you're like, oh yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, every time. Uh, does does she use it much with the uh, the Jadoon No, when they're in it. What well, I mean, that is, well, they, so that so is they a pay joke. They, right, that is so a they joke. Pay, they pay lip service to it, which is it's. Fu- I mean, I'll take what I can get to be honest. Like they they get her to like they, yeah. Like, the Yaz it's interesting. She's become less of a joke than she was in Series Eleven, though. Series Eleven. She was an absolute joke. She was um, both times she was used as a, as a plot device. Um, the first time being um, in order for them to uh, get to the hotel with the arachnids, and the second time, oh, God. and the second oh, for time of the for Doom's Punjab, which has done better, uh, to be That's honest. That's done better. And again, it's the only episode that really like uh, is revolved around her character because, like you say, I, I mean, people, you'd have probably been. You'd have probably thought that *Arachnids* in the UK would have been all about Yaz as a character because it's based around her family, her home. But she's barely in that episode. She barely does anything. Can't she's remember just sort of there. What even she doesn't it? No, she's it's her mum that's there, and then she sort of <laughs> buggers off, and then that's it. Yeah. And there's like one or two jokes about how the fact that her dad can't cook. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and
0: you know, you know, um, like how everyone wants to watch Netflix at New Year's. I <laughs> oh, don't. Yeah. Oh Christ. That is the I, I, most awkward few minutes of Doctor Who ever. <laughs> it didn't need to be also the most unnecessarily pointless. And it's also a lot of people online have pointed us out already. It's a it's a joke about the fan base who are probably watching it on iPlayer or like Well, yeah. Like I, mean, I, wow. I shit myself and there's no internet. I like, what's the yeah? Yeah. I mean, how else am I gonna watch Doctor Who? Wait, yeah, it's like way to way to know your audience, Chris. Yeah, proper anyway, love and monster um, moment. Yeah, but at least I mean, I was gonna, I was, I was about to say, at least Love and Monsters, everything weird about it is all part of the story. It's not like they, ra- it's like not like a normal episode where they suddenly cut to like video footage of someone, you know, filleting a stone. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's part, it's admittedly shit, but part of at least it's part of the episode. Well, I never, it's in the same show. I never. Whereas, thought it's like when, you, the, um... when you watch when you watch Resolution, it feels like. You've accidentally like like the TV channels like switch channels. You didn't realise. Like, oh shit! I got a ten- I, was, I thought I was watching Doctor Who. Yeah, wait, I I thought this was a serious Dalek story. Whoops. Yeah. Oh no! no I was I must have been mistaken. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, G- Graham is used somewhat well because of her relationship with uh, uh, his wife. Oh, what's her name? His wife. The yeah. like, the, like The most charismatic companion of the entire Chipmulay era and she's been dead for all, all but one of the episodes. Yeah, she's not really a companion <laughs> yeah. but yes. Um, but she should be because she, she was be. great Yeah, she, I mean everyone's a, her. is her name Grace? Grace, that's it. She's um, brilliant. She's brilliant. I think she's, she's so uh, good. fantastic and um, all the scenes with Graham reflecting on that loss are some of the highlights of Series 11 like Arachnids in the UK actually that's a really so good here's scene something. where he goes here's back something. to the house. Yeah, that's quality. great. I tell you what, but other good Graham moments is like. Um, I tell you what, you interrupt because I'll I'll recap this Graham stuff in a minute. No, well, I am about to talk about Graham, so but I'll 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 quickly point it out is that I was um I was thinking about Women Who Fell to Earth because there's so many things about like the character setup that was really promising that was obviously clearly never delivered on. Yeah, like right, but there's like a yeah or, yeah which was delivered on, so but you know at the funeral, there's an awesome bit where Graham's talking about how he met Grace. Um, because she was like her, the nurse when he had cancer, um, and he was saying like it's really sad that she had died. It should have been me. And it's like a it's like a seriously dark thing that he says that someone's funeral. that, like basically I should have died and not them. And that's like that's an amazing setup for a character who like runs away with, with an alien to go on cross platform because he doesn't care about his life anymore. Yeah. And and that, and that but that's it though. That's like the, it's like he he thinks that setting up a character motivation randomly or randomly finishing one which he what he does with Yaz in the Time of Children where he gets Ryan to like tell her oh Yaz I think you're the most amazing woman I've ever met oh great uh, yes, does it? yeah cause he, it's really random oh sorry yeah yeah and it's like and he says all these things like, oh you've been so brave you've done so many things it's like have you been watching the same show as me yeah like, I mean to be she fair she hasn't done anything I would say that her thing is that she's nice like and that's it oh like, great I, yeah um yeah, is it? I really hope she's a, a really good actor, nice. <laughs> and I really hope that um, that they get rid of. Oh, she's sweet, isn't she? Ryan and Graham because they've kind of they're. I mean, Ryan's funny, but he's they, they've never they haven't done any. Oh really, yeah, any R- R- Ryan ever. Ryan is lovable. I I do like him. He seems like such he's a he's really rag. sweet. Yeah, I just don't feel like they. I don't think they feel like there's much to go on with his relationship with the Doctor. I oh. feel like I feel like Graham. They've done enough with. That I, think I genuinely I, I promise wish you to God they that I really 100% don't believe that Ryan and the Doctor even know each other. No, exactly. <laughs> they just share... They just there's, share a bit, there's, room. A, there's a bit in Feature of the doing at the end where the Ryan's like, oh, yeah, know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not having that. We know who you are. And she's like, no, you're fucking dead. I was like, I'm with the Doctor here. you do not know shit. Yeah, and, I, and and it's one of those weird yeah. moments. like, you know when she has a go at them in Villa of Diodati or whatever it's called, where you're like, yes, yeah. have a go at them because we hate them too. <laughs> but the thing is, so like... Think, think back to like Tennant, where in like, so it's Gridlock, what's that? The third episode that he's with Martha. Where Martha, like, like, puts her foot down and says, Right, tell me what the fuck is going on or I'm out. Yeah. Like, she does a normal, I mean, I love, sorry, I love Martha too much. Uh, she does, like, a normal human response and then, and that's, that happens and that's so important to their characters. Now, that moment happens near the end of the second series that they spend with them with where they started going oh you're not telling us anything doctor well it's is just such it's such an unfocused um And they try and, and characterize suddenly they try and characterize the 13th doctor as this person who's somehow you know bottling things up and doesn't want to talk about it when that's yeah. ne- that was never part of what they set up with So with I mean doctor. one of the biggest disappointing moments for Graham that I was going to talk about is in the battle of Ransar whatever it's called Ranskorav Kolos. There you go. So I've only, I only only know because I've read it so many times when getting annoyed about it. <laughs> so that is... <laughs> paradoxically. Uh, congratulations on knowing the name. You are now a member of Woo! the Human Club. Yeah. Uh, so the episode's shy, but anyway. Yeah, well, the scene where the Doctor says, if you kill him, I'm going to take you home and I will never see you again, is, mm. I remember, like... Dying at that bit and being like, "Yes, Doctor Who. There's actually drama between companions." There's some tension between That's the and then the fact is completely undone. The season finale by like some crappy Tarantino joke and oh, God. oh it's I, genuinely, I dis- about that. it's genuinely disgusting writing. There's so just dropping so a because... plot point like that. Oh, by the way, everyone knows that episode's a mess anyway. Oh yeah, we've got to a planet where. Um, uh yeah you uh i can't remember what it is it like gets inside your head and makes you crazy or whatever but it's okay because i've got a way of fixing it so forget about that that's not important i think i think um i think on average i think there's like an implant one one like there's one implant every two episodes of doctor who inch of Implant. like there's like 10 implants that they use it's absolutely i mean it's almost funny I, i i kind of hope it's on purpose yeah. But even, but if it is on purpose, it's still disappointing. The, the, the Graham thing, I, I I was thinking about the other day. It's doubly bad because because I I agree that that scene is great, but even that kills all tension. Because imagine because if he'd like if he'd said that to just like Ryan, and the Doctor didn't know that Graham was planning to kill, uh, Tim Shaw, Tim Shaw, Tim Shaw, whatever. Um, that would have been that would have had more tension because the Doctor then would have. No, the, the audience would have known that Graham's about to do something awful that the doctor doesn't know about. Because as soon, because as, really, cause as soon as the doctor says, "If you do that, we're not traveling together," the tension is kind of gone because it's fair. Because you, you're fairly certain, at least in retrospect, that Graham was never going to do that because obviously the show at this point has never shown any hint that the, that the companions are going to disobey her for any reason because they're all such a tightly knit family, apparently. So it's just it's it's poorly handled. On two different levels, in one scene, it's it's such a it's such a shame, and this is the point. At no point, I, again, there's one there's that that one bit where Graham talks to uh to the Doctor about his cancer and how he's worried about it, and a very one, controversial one scene amongst two fans. Well, I, and I don't understand why I like it. I because honestly, I mean, if you came up to me and said that to me, I honest, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna write. I'm just gonna go yeah, I'm gonna go over here and I'll like, do a thing and then I'll come back later and think of something to say. See, I don't I, I don't gonna, know if you actually would though. Well I certainly I certainly wouldn't do a very good job of it. Uh, I know you wouldn't, but you'd probably I try and offer a she, bit more. Confidence. I like the fact yeah. that she's not she hasn't got like a pre prepared speech for everything. Well she does occasionally to be fair, but only when Chibnall's writing because he's a hack. Um but I no, I like I like the fact that she she's not particularly good with dealing with normal people and normal human problems. They do actually establish that and I like that. And they use that scene to punctuate that. Again, Gr- Graham has got has just got all of the good character moments with the Doctor. They're not there aren't many, but he has all of them. Don't make me do the of, soft shoe shuffle. That is the worst worst part of that episode. I hate that so much. Because I really unbearable. like, what's his name? David Bradley, is that his name? Uh, no, David Bradley, Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh. David, David Bradley, Bradley. plays Filch in... Um... Oh, I was talking, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, Shit. And he's also um, um, the first doctor. Oh, Bradley Walsh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, no, it's too hard. Um, I really like Bradley Walsh. And I, like, you know, I think it's... A, weirdly, I actually think it was really good casting. Yeah, same. So, and actually, really weird praise coming from me. Uh, I say that like it's weird, because I actually like the Sarah Jane Adventures, but... He's in the episode with the clown abducting the children. He plays the clown, oh, and Christ, he's genuinely he? he's genuinely terrifying in that. And I watched that recently because I've also recently rewatched all of Sarah Jane Adventures. And though some of it really doesn't stack up and is pretty bad, some of it is actually surprisingly very very good. And that episode so... is possibly one of the, the absolute best. It's it's superb. I'd give it probably like a low eight out of ten. Like it. So he's the yeah, but he's the only companion who um who fits the, the sort of weird direction that they took the 13th Doctor in with a sort of kooky, slightly pantomime-ish behaviour. And he suits that because that's the only kind of acting stuff he's done and also TV presenting and stuff. He's always very funny. like He's yeah. excellent on the chase, always. Um, whereas Ryan and Yaz feel more like they would have suited a, like an Eccleston sort of Doctor, like the sort of thing I would have expected Whisker to be. Where it's, like, very... Because, you know, Ryan, Ryan's got a lot of tragedy in his life, which is sort of... Occasionally, they try and pull a serious face, but it's more often just used as as mm. a joke. And I feel like... And the same goes for Yaz. Like, she's, a, she's a, a police... Like, an aspiring policeman who is trying to, like, you know, make her way in the world while everyone else is, you know, trying to support a family. And I, I'm... That's like there's loads of serious things they could they could do I'm like has have they have they ever had a policeman in with the doctor before oh, that's trying a good. To think well because it's a good idea isn't it sort of it's, a really a, idea it's a really great idea because the doctor plays uh, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah exactly, but the doctor plays the role of like if if Yaz was in Bo- the episode Boomtown, think of think of the uses they could have done with that like yeah exactly that, 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 just just one example. Of something you could have filled, but then again, you got the Jadun episode they they pay service the to it that's fine. in in the u k you've got like a guy like doing loads of illegal shit and it's again it's the episode where he has doesn't do i mean anything. to be honest, um fugitive of the Jadun um is an episode which I know the, the captain. It gets Jack, better. I, the, it gets better the, few, the more companions it gets rid of. Yes, exactly because it doesn't need yeah. them. They, they basically goes, right. Let's put them with Captain. I mean, yeah. If you're going to take them somewhere, yeah, put them with Captain Jack. But why not? but you know, let, let, let one of the possibly the best or two companion babysit them. But I mean, it will still have nothing. I mean, to do I mean, definitely, with... definitely one of the best. Yeah. What matters is he's amazing. Yeah. It still has nothing to do with the plot though. Super disappointed that he never turned up at any point. He'll in the he'll be in it at Christmas or next year. He won't be at Christmas, that'll be, that'll be too weird, I think, to randomly bring you in for a Dalek thing. I want God knows I want him to. I would honestly be happy if they ditched The Three Companions and just did Whittaker and um, John Barrowman. Yeah, and I mean, from Tortured, we know that he's at least competent at writing Jack, so, I mean... Well, ish. He's capable, maybe. There is a thing, I, but the thing is, obviously, Chibnall writes Jack to be more like a sort of a mood, like a bit of a, a miserable fuck. <laughs> Whereas obviously he's you know in Doctor Who, where most people know him, he's like this—he's. He's but that's because in Torchwood, he's a miserable, um, you know, he's a miserable guy because the Doctor's not there and he's angry. You know, he okay. he beca- he becomes less miserable. As he goes on anyway. I'm not convinced because I like—I mean, for me, a, ca- a character that I aspire to is someone who's not just randomly inconsistent about it. But anyway, that's the point not inconsistent. If he was going to be with, if he was with. Uh, with this Doctor, I would expect him to be nothing like he is in Torchwood. If he was, I wouldn't want him there. Oh, no, no, um, but he, but he, yeah, but despite. he would never be like he is in Torchwood when he's with the Doctor, because he's... No, not, that's but, what I mean, but, because but this is what I mean. The, but, it's but the Chibnall, Doctor that makes him like that. He struggles yeah, when the Doctor's not there. That's the whole point. That's why it's not at all inconsistent. But there's a risk of... Um, there'd be a risk if Chibnall wrote it, obviously, because Chibnall doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> um and probably forget. So He's like a goldfish. Oh, I see, I see what you mean. I see what you mean, yeah. doesn't think like normal people, does he? So... He won't think, oh, how does Jack react with the doctor? He just thinks, what is Jack like? I have written Jack before. <laughs> he is like this. He will be like this. He Except will be Cyberman. like us. Yeah, I know. I'm sounding like a cyborg. <laughs> I wish Woo! that now would um, um, look at his keyboard and think delete a bit more often. He needs to hire a thousand monkeys with typewriters. He might get a better script yeah. out of it. <laughs> isn't that from The Simpsons? It's well, it's not. It's, it's an idiom. It was an idiom before The Simpsons. Oh, it's an idea, isn't it? That you've got a chance of getting something. Well, yeah. If you, 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 you see the, if you, have, if you have an infinite number of monkeys with typewriters, they will. Uh, or no, so, no. If you have, have like any number of um, monkeys with typewriters and in an infinite amount of time, they will eventually. One of them will write out the complete works of Shakespeare. Yeah, Yeah. But. I feel like, I feel like if we just sort of took Chidnall's head and just sort of, just sort of mashed it into the keyboard, then we might get like a good Jack story out of it. Maybe I don't know. Oh, I'm not sure. That, I'm not, like, oh, do you think? Do you think that's how he names his him. monsters? <laughs> it's like he's like he's like sort. <laughs> like maybe he's like there's some some fan like tries <laughs> to like get him to give an autograph. He just sort of hits them on the head with a keyboard. Leave yeah. me alone. Leave me alone. Oh, oh Pating. Pating. Oh, love that. Oh, I, I, still I, I love to, I, I love apple crumble for my paté. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. tech Should we talk? I've about got time, to. I've got to Google we? in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Well, how I've got to. What, what did he? So yeah, he he renamed Gallifreyans. He gave them a new name because apparently Gallifreyans wasn't good enough. Yeah. Um. Tect. I wonder if uh, Doctor Who Wiki has managed to incorporate the Timeless Children in yet. Because I imagine the people who write that must have had the worst... That must have been, like, the worst day ever, watching the Timeless Children. Uh. And <laughs> thinking, I've got to try and make this make sense. Yeah. <laughs> on the TARDIS Phantom website. Oh, I that think, must have, we have been, a like... we look at that now? No, I'm looking at it now. Right, OK. Oh, a Shabogon. A Shabog... A shibogan. What, she's got bones. I don't... Chabot, I just don't. Why? I don't. Why, what was the point? What was the point? I don't understand. So awkward, isn't it? <laughs> Thing is, we've already had like a massive discussion about this. I almost don't want to go back to it, but we can we can go through the headlines. Point is, basically, is um, uh, it's a bad episode because it doesn't finish. In so many ways. See, I tell you what. I'll, I'll talk about something that isn't even one of the huge things. Is that one of the best things about Tipler's era is uh, the um, the lone Cyberman is is absolutely awesome. Um, in the Haunting of Villa DiDati, he's fantastic. Yeah, and he's pretty good in the next one. He's
1: alright uh, in the next
0: one. He's not really in it very much. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he's Villa DiDati is um, and then he is instantly amazing. thrown aside by uh, a fairly underwhelming master. Exactly, uh, and I mean, especially in the last part. It's pretty bad. I, I the, cyber, the use of the Cybermen in the finale is, is, is hilarious. It's I so honestly bad. laughed so hard that I had to take a 15-minute break for an episode when they I came out. Like it, I felt like friends. Chibnall like, watched series uh, 8 and 10 and just thought, oh, so it's compulsory that all of our finales <laughs> are the, the Master and the Cybermen. I, I get it. I've got it. I've got it. Let me, let me begin. Because um, <laughs> they didn't need to be there. They could have done a sto- They should have done like a one-off story after haunting of Billy about the Sidemen, and then done the t- if they had to. They could just plop in the, the Timeless Children as like an awkward fart at the end, which is what it was. The, the worst thing about it is the fact that it made a huge deal about changing changing something well established in the law for the purposes of changing something about the Doctor's character. That makes no difference, if not actually makes which they it, makes, her as, makes her as a character episode, less important. It acknowledges in the episode. Oh yeah, but she even says this makes it no different. I'm still who I am. Yeah, so the the, the best twist in the whole uh, in the whole of that series was finding out that Ruth was the Doctor, and that's a huge deal, and it's so cool, and it really. I mean, it had it had fans to... who were literally like, "That's it, I'm going to quit Doctor Who." Definitely, oh, well, we, we were like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, after I saw that, quit I was after like, right, then we quit after Spyfall, we were like, uh, no, sorry, after All from Fifty Five, we quit for like a month, and we were behind it, and then we we finally. Oh built yeah, up I mean, I've only, watch time, I've only watched I've only watched series tw- the rest of series twelve this month. It was still this month that I watched it in June. Yeah, um, I mean that's but, crazy. But yeah, and then they they bring they bring her back for all of what fifty seconds, and basically just goes. And the doctor goes, Oh, where do you fit into all this? And she literally just goes Dunno. Don't know. Bye! Don't know, yeah, screenwriters can't be bothered and they don't want to pay me enough, so I'm just gonna it's kind like of they go. wanted to cram as many plot twists in as they could before they because they thought they were gonna get cancelled probably. Yeah. I, I wanna fit this in, but you could do this over like three series. Let no, me I want check to do my notifications. Yeah. Shall oh, we talk no. can we talk about the um, is there anything else you want to say about how bad the time I, I do think we have actually summarised the time of shield I've summarised the main problem with it but there, are, but there are a billion other things just technically well, as I, an, like people as an episode it just technically works on no level at all okay, the so companions we, are shite the side are terrible I um, thing it does for the side men are terrible the depiction of Gallifrey and the time world is awful it ruins so many other bits of lore especially yeah. the bits about River Song and the master and I River I'd, Song yeah River Song yeah River oh, can, River Song can regenerate because of how the Time Lord energy works. Because she, has exposed, she was conceived. Because the, right, so the I thing, know. But explain. Yeah, so the thing, so, uh, so it was sort of uh, alluded to in like series one, but it's fully explained in series three that Time Lords can regenerate because of exposure to the uh, untempered Schism, which is just the uh, the Time Vortex. So you look into the Time Vortex, you, you gain. The, it's like your initiation. Um, that's also the reason why um, Rose is able to give life. And take life um, to like to Jack, for example, unlimited life when she takes in the time vortex into her head. Anyway, um, that's why then Moffat, very geniusly, I might add, uh, uses that to Amy and Rory screwing on the TARDIS means that um, uh, River Song was exposed to the time vortex in a very small way, which meant she was able to uh, regenerate uh, like any a certain number of times. It's not unclear, but now it's like three or four. Well, it's not the point. Is it's unclear because it's like a. It's like a mild exposure to the time vortex, whereas now we either have to completely discard all that episode, which I'm not we're not going to do because River Song. We are both in agreement that River Song is a great, really well written like companion, yeah. Especially so we, like how complicated we that did runs a into the uh, thing me and you um uh, probably yeah. last year where what we decided to do is we watched all of the River Song episodes from yeah, her the point, marathon from her point of yeah. view and we both went into it going you know what because you know at the time and the way it was shown on TV. It made you think this is actually going to be really messy, uh, yeah. and it's not. Like going to be m- most most well writers, most writers really can't write an amazing character arc in the right order, but Moffat can write one in the wrong order. Yeah. So basically, we found that her, um she didn't have any and, episodes uh, below an an, below yeah. an eight out of ten. Apart from Let's Kill Hitler, which we gave a seven. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I lean towards six nowadays, but either way, yeah, I agree. Um, but we, you know. but either way, it's not a bad episode. And then we found out. No. So that apart from that episode, everything she was in was excellent or unmissable. And that she was actually. Uh, she was using one of the better parts of things as well. Yeah, incredibly well written, and her relationship with the doctor actually made complete That's the sense. point. Her relationship with the doctor was the center point of it. And that's the point. Yeah, yeah. That's why she was great. Whereas now so now we either have to discount that amazing era of Doctor Who, the series five and six, you know, yeah. stands partly seven. Yeah, being Song being a Oh okay. That's more like a one off, well. but, sh- but 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 sure. Oh yeah, but in the same we way *Time in the Library is. We either have to kick that out of the window, or we now have to assume that the River Song is related to the to the Doctor. Uh Um <laughs> yeah, so she's been injected with with Doctor Juice. Yeah, and the doctor just, was just the point is. This is what work. I mean. Is a, it's a I, massive in, inconsistency. Chimal hasn't watched Doctor Who. He hasn't watched it. No, he hasn't watched Moffat. I don't know. What, I don't know what he's seen. There is definitely a thing, obviously, where I mean, any writer of Doctor, because Doctor Who changes so much, it's it is kind of of it's kind of inevitable that some writers are going to want to write like the sequel to the bit of Doctor Who they watched. Yeah, so, yeah, like if we, so if, if we were to Moffat write Doctor Who, we'd end up writing something that's more like Moffat. Probably. Yeah, or or kind of maybe something that's kind of a bit to um, I me. Mean, I, I don't think I could pull off I, I, I don't think I could pull off either. Um, <laughs> but I mean, um, Moffat is uh, definitely writing, um, especially by, from Series 7 to Series 10, he's writing um, A Cross Between Tom Baker and uh, Sylvester McCoy. Like, 100%. Right, okay. Especially, yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. series 7 is very McCoy meets Troughton. Um, yeah, no, that's that, that's fair enough. You know, like, and, and the thing is, we've said this before, like, Series 9, which you think is an amazing series of Doctor Who, is um, so successful yeah. in recapturing how classic Who feels. But making yeah. it work perfectly and within making the constraints the of account. New Who. And it does, so to do that, it knows it has to make it um, yeah. two-part episodes. Which, if Chibnall who you kind of sometimes think, is he trying to make it a bit more like Classic Who with the whole free companion all the time thing, etc. Um, and if he is, then surely he needs to acknowledge he needs longer episodes to do that. I don't know, it's a mess. <sighs> yeah. It's a really, it's a, the Times Children is it is just an absolute it's a shit show. Yeah because of the I think we will end that, up talking so. about this more another time probably. Probably um, I'm if... I'm too exhausted to really talk about it too much. Yeah exactly because and again we 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 we've, we've done this like I've got somewhere in the corner of this room I don't know where it is. I've got like a notebook that's like filled it, like, it looks like um you're a like, a like, Ma- from the film 7. Yeah you're like amadeus. like when they're looking or through aren't you? Yeah, like, like it's just it's just like mad scribblings, occasionally legible. Yeah. of just it's like I, I, it sent me mad for like two days. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm sort of hoping. I, I mean, it's like this is really clutching at stores, that like in a few years' time I might look back a little bit more fondly about it about stuff it does. But I'm really not. You I'm really not sure? What about the? Because and again, the master is a confusing one because he makes no effort to, like, sort of explain at what point this master is. Because like when Missy turned up. They 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 explained at what point it was through numerous episodes. They they made it clear. Whereas this, ma- I mean, I'm kind of of the thinking that this is meant to be John Sims' master, who's assimilated that guy, that you know the zero guy, his um, uh, his body, like his flesh, because he, he he made it clear that he that's why he looks like that. It's not a regeneration, but that could mean it's any era of the master. But the point is, obviously, the, the last time we saw the master. It was Missy, and she'd just gone through a massive, really well earned character change, which was really, which unfortunately the Doctor never got to see. And to to the casual observer, it might seem like that's basically just been undone. So I'm, I mean, I'm hoping it's meant because he's he sort of kind of he's sort of doing a shite impression of John Sim, mostly. Again, yeah, we don't well, really give him I... Sasha. He's he's like a great actor. I didn't realize he was in that uh, Adventure in Space and Time. Yeah, yeah, but what I've seen him in for that, he seems really great. And I just feel like he's been given nothing to work with. It's like he's been said, oh, yeah, you're the Master. He's like, oh, okay, what's, what's what's the Master's deal? Oh, he's just mad and evil. Like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's probably... Um, he's got... I think I watched the thing where it said basically... He's the least good New Who version of the Master. Oh, he's the least good version of the Master at all. But, I mean, you've got to assume that he's um, after John Sermon, before Missy. Y- yeah, exactly. Presumably after... Well... Yes yeah, so, yeah, so presumably after the Doctor falls, but before he Because... Oh God. Yeah, yeah after, exactly. Yeah. This is what I mean. There's so much this is the thing well we did oh we didn't even finish our point about the things that Chibnall doesn't mention. So in Orphan fifty five <laughs> there's a cat who works as like hospitality and there's no mention of the uh, the cats in the in Yeah, the yeah, sisters of plentitude, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, there's um And I think that's practice, a great that's thanks. a great perspective, so they should bring that back. Yeah, they never like, the Doctor never mentions the fact that she's encountered the Eternals before. When yeah, when it's an old Eternal. it's an old who thing, and it's also mentioned yeah. in um, Sarah Jane Adventures. I'm glad that she mentions um, the Autons when uh, when Praxis comes along. I'm really thankful. But yeah, no, actually, I, no, I've decided I can't be asked to go through all those again. But yeah, this is there's just so much evidence that it just seems like he does he either doesn't care or he just doesn't he doesn't he just like he doesn't know that he's. This is the problem with ignorance, is you don't know that you're doing something bad. And I feel like Chipell might genuinely just not know that he's doing such an awful job of making the universe feel like it's still Doctor Who. Yeah, there's an amazing video on uh, on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember what the guy made it. Uh I think I can't remember who made it. But it was someone uh, explaining why they thought Doctor Who uh what what's going wrong with it and they showed an interview with um so Chip and they showed. It's our maybe it's us. <laughs> they showed uh, an interview with Chibnail <laughs> and an interview with uh, Jodie Whittaker in the same interview. And Chibnail says that the, the, the thing that he's um, oh, I've trying. Seen this, yeah, yeah, the thing that he's trying well, to do. <sighs> no, because yeah. they're, they're both um, basically saying the opposite thing to one another. And it's a clear I... sense of there being no direction where okay. Jodie's saying, I was told to just be myself. And then he, he says, Well, it's all about how Jodie interprets the character. And uh, the spin she puts on it, um, you know, and and then she's like, no, but it's all about the writing, and he's like, no, it's not about the writing; it's all about what she does. I mean, I mean, so on the surface, it does seem like they're both trying to fob off responsibilities. But to be fair, if you watch any interview between like writer and um, actor, there's always that—that's like the classic to and fro. They're both like always trying to go, oh no, it's because they're both, it, it's more they're trying to compliment each other. Because so I do think Chibnall is proud of what he's doing, because I think he's a nutter. Well, this is the question we're going to answer later, whether he's a nutter or not. But yeah. <laughs> um, I think you're all nutters. <laughs> yeah, but so I, I don't know how I feel about that. That inter- I mean, it's a, it's a fun interpretation, it might be true, but I think that might be clutching a little bit at straws, because, again, it's, it's, from the point of view of the people making the show, it's very, very difficult to see the true nature of how your, how your work is being perceived, only really easy for, you know, those not involved to see it. Which which is which is probably only 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 right. In a it's way, why in the critics exist. Because, existed, because if it? you were too aware, because you can be too aware of what your audience thinks. Like because, Moffat, was, if that the case? Then they sometimes, would have sometimes never hired Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Yeah, true. But yeah, so yeah, so like Moffat, um, like realised the backlash of Series 8's version of the Twelfth Doctor wasn't working for people, and so then he wrote Series Nine and and worked it into something different that worked better. That's the correct level to do. If he'd gotten too scared about it, he might have like made Capaldi Regenerate early or done something done something weird with it. Or made it out that he wasn't really the Doctor. Or so there's, there's lots of silly things you could have done with it. So, it's uh, yeah, it, 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 to some extent, it is hard for, for Chibnall to know what to do. Because it's hard to do a U-turn. Because really, from our point of view, in order for him to make properly great Doctor Who, he's going to have to perform a fair few U-turns. Yeah, yeah. Not least of which is he's got to cut out this writers' room thing. I didn't realise this is that um, this is the first series of, well, certainly new. Who, it might be of old who as well, to be fair. Um, where there's like an actual like American style um, uh, writers' room where, like, so but this is why all the st- stories feel really disjointed because he's sort of got this this far more overbearing um, sort of what's the word sort of. Well the word when you dilute something? He's sort of diluting every story to be more sort of homogenous with with the general thing he's doing, and there's there's very few episodes that could feel like they've stood out. And this was always something that Moffat's episodes did in the T. Davies era; they felt like a sort of a side event almost. Or well, not, not just Moffat's episode. I'm just using it as an example, but there were like just random episodes which just which stood out, which which people you know. Felt like something different and new, whereas now, yeah, well, the previous pe- episodes like the, um, they feel like they've the strayed the from the Peter Harness ones. Yeah, exactly. There's very little of what's gone on in 11 and 12, which has really strayed from the path to yeah. go to a series new 11 place. and 12, yeah. Yeah, um, um I mean, Rosa did, like, Rosa, did, Rosa did a bit. Rosa's probably the one that's gone off kilter the most, which is funny because it's the third episode. Yeah, it's not by him <laughs> either, it's by Mallory Blackman. Oh, yeah well i think we oh, said the three cool. best episodes he didn't entirely write any of them no so he, he had I mean, involvement i think in one of them and in the other ones he didn't yeah, write at all but so, it's not entirely clear. so so i mean i think we can be honest now we think his top three are fugitive of the jadun um the haunting of villa diedati and uh rosa probably in that order well, yeah um I well Rosa, yeah maybe, maybe. Uh, Rose uh, could be Rose could I think I want to rewatch Rosa quite soon yeah it's been a fair bit since I've seen it but I I agree that what matters is that yeah I agree those are the it'll be a good one to rewatch yeah. and talk about what the whole Black Lives Matter thing that's going on. I want to watch for, I want to rewatch the first three of series eleven mostly because well, that one I do look f- I like yeah. I look back moderately fondly on the first three of that because that was before it all went bad. I agree. Me too. Uh, I mean Ghost I mean, Monument in my head has gone down a bit more, but Yeah, but I mean, it's still of those three It is still, great. still a kind of interesting kind of weird sci-fi idea. It's a cool weird exploration episode that I like. Um yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Um but yeah, they're, they're How the do they know How do the Rags know about the Timeless Child? I don't know. How do they know? Because Chip What are they Are they, they going to explain it? Are oh, they fuck? Yeah. It was so cool when that came up as well. I know. <laughs> maybe that's I the know. planet where she came from. Or, or maybe... Um, yeah, maybe, the, they maybe they're her. the original Shabogons. Or maybe they're the Shabogons' like socks. Yeah, I just... Can sexy. we stop saying Shabogon? I, I feel completely insane. Shabogon, I just Shabogon, to... Shabogon, Shabogon. Yeah! yeah, yeah. You say it three times, you'll get killed by a spirit. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is the thing he says in um, uh, about cats? <laughs> jellicle. Jellicle. <laughs> jellicle, Jellicle, Jellicle. <laughs> oh, man. so good um (laughs) it's it's the doctor who jellical. yeah that's that's so if if anyone's bored during lockdown watch all the uh screen rants pitch meetings yeah yeah, they're very shibogon they're very shibogon. (laughs) oh my god is that actually become gonna become the new thing yeah we're gonna do that now it's very shibogon (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's loads about this yeah tell you what i I think i could we could go on forever but i think we should probably just we should probably we should probably probably wrap up yeah, let's rate let's, should we rate all the episodes? Should we uh, do you wanna do the rate the overall series first? Um Okay, so I well, I mean I think, okay, they're, I I, think they're both fives. So they're both completely. Yeah, average. I agree. They're both I mean, five. They're both average television. I think they're both fives. But for Doctor, who, for Doctor Who, that's Who, there are four and a three. Maybe a four and... <laughs> Yeah, I mean oh yeah, for, I mean for, for in terms of butchering Doctor Who as a as a thing, series twelve, you know, really hits it out of the park. Um, <laughs> well done. Like season eleven, season eleven is a bit boring, but at no point does it offend me. Yeah, I because imagine season twelve has several parts which make me want to just hit myself. I like to imagine that this whole thing is uh, Chibnall's kind of get out of jail free plan, where it makes him look like he <laughs> tried. He tried to save the show. He did his best. Uh, oh, you told me to do this, and so, you know, I did. what I did what you said, and you didn't like it. so... Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry, everyone. We are, we
0: are slightly straw-manning him at this <laughs> point, but yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's go through them. So I'll, like... say, I'll say the episode. You, all right, you okay. rate it, and then I'll rate it. Okay, good. That's fair. Uh, and we can have a, do you want to have a little chat about each one, if you want to? No, I don't think so, because we'll end up here all day. Okay, cool. So uh, if I forget one, let me know, because I don't have the list in front of me. Okay, so um, The Women Who Fell to Earth. The Women Who Fell to seven. Earth. Seven. Uh, seven. Ten. I would give that a very high five. Oh, okay, that's one of our biggest differences. Okay, uh, Ghost Monument, six. Yeah, so it's, it's a really good six. I really like it. Yeah, um, Rosa, seven. yes but in my head it could be pushing higher, but I'm not going to bump. It's not my name because the end the so, end is so sure. weird and irritating. Yeah, it's very. But it's irritating. great. It's it's not the the end scene is great. It's the way that the, the show ends. Is yeah, what I mean. it's the way they deal with yeah. it is is just so cheesy. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's a little it's, bit. It's very. Kind of ruined, it, kind it kind of ruins the It kind of feels the, the disrespectful because it. it's kind of like, you know what? The importance is that it's a small thing that she did technically. Or, you know, she refused well, to give up her seat, which was a huge yeah. deal. But um, I think it. I don't know. It depends how you want to approach that moment. Um, Arachnids in the UK. Is that, uh, is that a three or a three. four? I'm pushing it towards a three. I'll, I'll give it a three as well. Uh, <laughs> the sunung- Why not? The t- Suranga conundrum. Suranga. I give that a four. I think that's quite a three. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly low four in my books. Um, I think it's despicable. Uh, <laughs> Demons of the Punjab. Quite a high five. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah. Kablam. It could be a six, I'm sure. Oh, Kablam is a solid six. Okay, I think, that, I think time, it's a, a mid to low five. Oh, he's such a bastard. Kablam is so fun. It's so badly it's made. It's great um It's not. It's it so is. not. It's so bad. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, fine. I mean, the design of Uh-oh. him is great. I I do not think anything else about the episode is good. <sighs> All okay. right. Okay. Um, the Witchfinders six. L- low six. Oh, I loved that when it came out. I went absolutely mad for it because I love the way that they use the, the actual fact that she's a woman. It's really well done. Use, uh, who's King James played by? Got this oh, Alan name. Cumming. He's great. Yeah, hit, Alan Cummings is, is like steals the show. Yeah, He's yeah. the only reason that episode isn't a five. For me. Oh, it's a great episode. Um, it's not <laughs> really, but I like it. Uh, it. It takes you away. Seven. Yeah, or a high six. I think it's no. I think it's really good. Cool. Looking I, back on it, there's only one thing. I hate the stupid little dark realm between. I think that's pointless, and it kind of takes away. I'm it, gonna give it that. a six because I don't think it's better than the return of Doctor Mysterio. I think it's like that level. Oh, I think it is. The Battle of Ranskor Av Kolos. I think that's oh, a three. Oh, it's a really solid three. Yeah, well done. Um, well, bravo. Resolution. What a, great, what a great finale. Five. I give. I, yeah, I give that a five. There's well. a really good scene between Graham and Ryan and that. And Graham and Ryan's e... dad. Yes. Okay, yes, so Spyfall Part 1, five. Four. Spifle <laughs> Part 2, four. Four. Oh, four. you do agree that's a four now? Yeah, I've I've done a lot. Oh, of okay, good. Well, there's so much cringe in it, and it's really poorly written. It's just got They're one scene I really written. like with the master when they go to the science. Fair, that's a great scene. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's, apparating man, that's so great. Um, um, orphan fifty-five, two. I'd give that a three. It's the worst example of actual writing I've seen on TV. Oh, what? Not the timeless children. No, the timeless children is better written. Shocking than 55. Shocking writing. No, no. no sho- I disagree. No, no, no. You're you're not understanding shocking writing decisions, but not poorly written I mean, actual. I well, mean, it is a yeah. poor. It's a bad plot, but it's. I disagree, but fair good. enough. Okay, so I give up the five two. Nikolai Tesla's Night of Horror. Five. It's that a very awesome. high four. It had potential to be better. I, I think. I, it, I think it. I think it is poor. Uh, but it's got a lot of redeeming factors. The guy who plays Tesla's great. Yeah. Uh, Fugitive of the Jadoon, That's a high seven. I'd give it an eight. Fair. I think it's an excellent episode of Doctor Who. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, the it's Jadun great. The is so great. It's just, yeah, most elements of it are great. Just felt like proper Doctor Who again. I'm so happy. No, I know. <laughs> it's it's an oasis in the desert. Um, <laughs> Praxeus. Yeah, or now it turns out to be a Mirage because they never built anything on it. Anyway, Praxeus, i give that like a really solid six. I'd give it a low six. Um it's got oh. some of the coolest CG in Doc Two though. No, I think I think it's a really... I mean it's kinda of it's almost a high six for me. Really? Um yeah. It is good, I do like it. I like, really like it. Yeah. It's got it's got actual on point humour and side characters that I give a shit. Oh about, yeah, there's nothing like there's nothing in... bad about it. It's just um it's closer to being average than very good for me. Mm. So it's it's a six, like a low six. Nah. Um can you hear me? I've got here. It's either a low six or a high five, and I can't decide. I've got, I've got, I've got low six. It's good. I do think. It, I still stand by the fact that it's good. There's enough good things in it. Yeah. And okay. really Good things in it. And that now I think the haunting of Villa Diadati. I think that's a solid seven. I think that's an eight. I think that's excellent. It's so great. Those two episodes just yeah. wow. We just nail it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank like, thanks, thanks, guys. Uh, Ascension <laughs> of the Cybermen. That's five. It's a five. And The Timeless Children is a two, because it is no, literally it um, offensive to culture, isn't it, really? So now, having thought of that, do, do we, because we we're both sort of still deciding, I wonder if we could decide now, here and now, whether we're going to watch uh, Revolution of the Daleks. I'm not going to watch it. No? He doesn't deserve my support anymore. He's let me down too much. He's disgusting. See so, again. I might. Uh, this may be me know, still, I'm very still hearkening to. I uh, so am I. St- I may be still hearkening to the uh, the denial phase. But I feel like I feel like he could do something because oh, I don't know. It, something was done well with Future of the Dune* um, bringing back and sorry, and *Haunting a village I actually bringing back classic villains. I know *Resolution* was meant to be a Dalek thing, but it was kind of a messy thing. Whereas now, I feel like. There aren't many like loose ends for the companions. I feel like they could, they might actually be able to focus on just a good Dalek story. Uh, I think it doesn't matter if you get rid of the companions or anything. I genuinely think oh, it does. They got to get rid of the companions. No, no, sure, yes, they do. But I think even if you did that, I don't think Chris Chibnall's a good writer. I don't think he cares oh, about of course the show, he is, isn't it? and I don't think that he um, because basically because of that, uh, I don't see why you have any hope. I literally, I, think, no, I literally because, don't again. think he's proven himself at all in his era. Actual. No, I, I want I want him to stand back. I want him to become just like the producer. I want him to be the person who just sort of roughly guides the story. But that is it. But it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying everything you're hoping is a pipe dream. I don't think it's. Worth I think watching. I think if I think if I'm if I've got anything else I can be doing on New Year's Day, I will probably also avoid it. Yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on reviews and um, on IMDb. If stuff gets a good score, I'll watch. I will watch it. To be honest, right? I will wait until the I wait till like the trailer or the first piece of visual evidence of what the Daleks are going to look like. And ah, it's like leaked. It, I believe it's, it. It. it's leaked today. Apparently, is that right? I believe so. Oh, well, I have to Google this while new we're... new Dalek design. Now. Well, I might be wrong. I just saw it come up on Facebook. My that's not worked. Daleks it for uh, news. Um, new Dalek design leaked online apparently. Yeah, and looks surprisingly similar. Is what it says on the what's what it was before, yeah, that's what I heard. Um, uh... oh, apparently, there are loads of them spotted on Clifton Suspension Bridge. Oh, okay, that's cool, that's interesting. Staying with a West Country thing like Gloucester. Um, oh, that's cool. Oh, I, th- I think they might be like the Time War ones, but I think there's like they-, they think there might be like one that sort of looks like the Scout one, but with a different sort of paint job. I think that could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I even though this is something I never do with Doctor Who, I might actually just wait for the trailer. <laughs> yeah, well, but at this, under, under, point I don't care. Like, it's, under these um, circumstances, I'm going to be a conscientious objector and sort of just say no. I just stand back a bit. Oh, I found the. Dalek We're spending our time like, watching. Th- yeah, it's got a really thin top, isn't it? That's fine. I don't so mind right. people playing around with with the geometry of the Dalek because I, I I absolutely love the paradigm of Daleks. I, yeah, no, I know yeah. they couldn't they could never use them because people didn't respond well to them. But I love those. I'm I'm so I'm okay with people changing Dalek designs and stuff. But yeah, see what happens. Uh, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to Doctor Who not being a bootleg uh, anymore. So, well, <laughs> what you mean, just not watching it? Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm just gonna keep <laughs> re watching Classic Who. I've still got some trout and I We're doing too. the equivalent of just putting our fingers on our ears and just going la 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 la. Yeah, well there's so much good Doctor Who that I feel and like And good and big finish stuff that you can look into. Exactly. Really yeah. There's some stuff. really there's some really good Big Finish and it's just like, well This Doctor Who feels so not legit anyway. It genuinely feels like it's unlegitimized itself. Partially via its yeah. use of Captain Jack. Genuinely has Made it feel like you know what, I'll just put this old thing in there to make you happy, which is what it did. Um, unfortunately, it had the adverse effect of making people realize what they were missing. Yeah, uh, it's just made it all feel completely um, illegitimate. Yeah, the whole show just doesn't feel like that. It feels real. like the scene in a Fight Club where he first goes out into the middle of a parking lot and just starts punching himself in the face <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, That's not, he's just ruining his own reputation. Yeah, so to, uh, to bring us back to the beginning. What would you what would you just, what would you use to describe Christian? Would you call him a hack, a quack, or on crack? He's just a hack. Yeah, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm going to say sure on crack. Sure, he loves his family. Actually, no, I'm going to say all of the above. I think he's all <laughs> those things. Was that an option? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah it is. I think he's an ux. He's an deli- he's an <laughs> Yeah, there's another. Oh wow, another great naming whacked out of the park. Hey, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, the tenzer, yeah, Stenza. Oh, is it the Stenza? Oh no, no, tenzer. The tenzer is a is a thing from, uh, um, uh, Night Terrors. Oh, is it? That's what um George is. Oh, so does the doctor? Like a random is baby the reason um, the doctor has to learn about him so that he knows more about where he's gonna die? He has to about check who? It, about George. is it cause he ha- You know, like he has to investigate him in order for the Doctor to learn more about how he's going to die. Because he had to learn uh, all of that Tensor law. That was the worst bit of job. That's rubbish. <laughs> so, that's a... Honestly, that... that I mean, it would make it onto a Chibnall episode, don't yeah, what, get What wrong, can I say? I'm a hack. But... And a quack. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we're not writing Doctor Who. Congratulations, us. No heist episode with K9. Chibnall. (laughs) Chibnall. Oh, Chibnall. Please leave. Think of the children. Oh, I don't want to bully you. So... Think of the children. I'm just saying think of the children. Chris, if you're you're not... You're you're depriving children of, you know, potentially the greatest show ever made. Yeah, thank you for trying. Really thank you. Um... It's not oh, easy, but it's and not the BBC kind of press ganged you into it, yeah. And but just just throw means, yourself on the rails. So you you've proven that you're great at giving other writers a chance and um like seeing their work to be great. You know, like um with your three best episodes. You've done a great job, and you know they are episodes of Doctor Who <laughs> that I will probably revisit. In you future. were definitely there. That's all I can say. Oh, just poor guy. I feel so sorry for him. Imagine as a kid, caring about the show so much and then you grow up to... Why are we doing this? We've literally spent an hour and a half beating him to death. I just feel so like, sorry for him. The guy... <laughs> now we're just going, oh, I'm so sorry. You've... <laughs> but don't you feel... But it's, it must be so hard for him. Imagine, like... Imagine. I think I think he could undo all this if he just made like a public service announcement where he just said if everyone could just ignore everything I've done I'm now passing on to Toby Whithouse. bye bye and then he yeah. just sort <laughs> like jumps off a roof and then like with a parachute and we never see him again no no he, he, he like a... just moves to Mongolia yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know it's just blood control <laughs> made him do all this yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah right. exactly he'd finish by getting something massively wrong because blood control doesn't work yeah Exactly. That'd that be the perfect end for him. Misunderstanding the law. Cool. It's like his favorite hobby. All right. Well. Oh, well thank done. You. Thank you, everyone. I'm. That was. Yeah. yeah I'm glad. There was a can pointless we, conversation. Can we, never, can we never talk about Jody Whittaker again? <laughs> <laughs> stop having a Whittaker this is the problem Jodie Whittaker is a legend no, we, gotta she's, talk- she's, we can she's stop talking legend. about Chibnall she's like, she is a legend she's someone who shows up on time and does a great job like I do like I want, her I'm not on the record I That I, I think Jodie Whittaker is a legend I think she's great okay I think she's quite good she's good <laughs> good well this is good This we don't have to talk about it again now hooray Yay. we can go back to normal scheduling scheduled yeah. programming we'll uh, probably well well, I'd say scheduled, barely scheduled. Yeah, yeah. When we I mean, feel like it. We'll um, probably just keep going. This has been Outer 10. Thank you so much for listening, and quite frankly, I'm as shocked as you are that we're still doing this. If, by some miracle, you've enjoyed this, do leave a comment or give a suggestion for what we should talk about next. You can also find us on Twitter at Outer10 or send us an email to outer10podcast at gmail.com. We hope you can join us for our next review of Doctor Who. And do keep an eye out for some film and music discussions coming up in the following weeks. See you soon.